You're listening to In Deep Shift, the show about diving into topics that tempt the mind to merge with possibility, to be open to new realities, balancing reason with soul, a common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity, creating a whole new reality right now. Follow me at ryankeys.com. Hi, everybody. We're going to continue the teaching course on telepathy. This is part three, a part three installment to other two parts that we've gone over. Um, we'll have questions and everything at the end. If you're listening to this on a different resource, such as Spotify or YouTube for any part of it, um, just follow along. And if you have questions, you can find us on Patreon as well. So I have here practical telepathy, right? And we're going to start out and then I'm just going to go over some of these things so you can kind of get an idea. And I said, understanding energy is at the core of communication. This is done through a variety of different ways. Below are some examples of energy and the conscious connections we have on a daily basis. And these are, are, these are ironically very primitive ways to connect, but they're actually, if you think about it, when you break it down, it makes a lot of sense. And it's going to help us to be much more understanding of how telepathy just has this natural organic part in our life. One of the, one of the ways that this has this kind of connection is through hunger. And then I put some examples here where hunger is a merge of the physical and the psychological desire to drive you to find food for survival or nutrition our ability to overpower the instinctual side of hunger to create mental choice, even if it's detrimental to our well-being. I think that's self-explanatory because what that does is that instead of where an animal can have an, an observational aspect of where they know not to eat certain foods because it's not good for them, we're one of the only species that actually consistently will eat things that go against our integrity, our integrity of our body, our form, and our, our, our overall health. Um, I also put the instinct bridging into the physical world through triggering the body and flowing energy to reach a goal. Um, this is where we are actually, our hunger matches our drive and our uh, imagination. So even we're, you know, we're one of the only species that get creative with food. We turn food into art, like an art form. And indirectly, we're, when you bridge these kinds of um, um, aspects of yourself with like, say the, the, the psychic, the, the physiological, the, the hormonal, all these things are interacting. They're, they're talking to each other. So, and as they talk, this is a subliminal subconscious status, like kind of like the limbic system. Also sex drive. Um, I put also psychic energy finding, uh, it's also psychic energy, finding a way to express itself into the physical world, utilizing the body processes to power its search for sex. So, um, we are one of the, uh, yet again, only creatures that utilize um, sex for enjoyment and pleasure from a perspective that we can create um, aspects that are um, outside of the, the main focus of what it is for as a species. Um, I also put a conscious bridge between hemispheres to create and engage in and out in an outcome through uh, imaginary Im imagery before, during, and after, uh, thus holding time and space in place, moving beyond the drive to replenish the species. And this is like the idea of fantasy. This is when you think about um, 
where people even like they use paraphernalia or movies or whatever it is they use, right? We bring additional things in before um, we have fantasies about people. We So we bring them in in the present moment. And we also project fantasies into the future based on our sex drive or our drive to be with somebody. Um, another big uh, example that's very, very simple is visualization, right? Um, I put much like the previous mentions yet different in how it is generated in a collective construction to go beyond the general state of being and embody presence or a duration of time and space to create a collaboration with an external goal that is not uh, be, uh, beginning from physical senses, uh, f- physical sense gathering. So, and in essence, creating a link uh, or a stream of conscious focus to manipulate internal and external reality. So, in the best known example of visualization from a, um, a very simple mindset would be law of attraction. Most people understand law of attraction. Also, the idea of repression is actually. Um, a, a very innov- innovative way that our mind and our ego and, and the aspects of our mind use memory to our advantage to suppress or to repress or to impress or to expect. So repression, an ability to contain or detach areas or events located around one's timeline, an unconscious or conscious form of internal manipulation to create a desired reality that goes beyond information gathered from the experiencer's perspective. So repression is also an example of a basic form of telepathy. Um, Many people have done this, whether it's childhood trauma, whether it's um, selective memory, whether it is uh, some people have amnesia or some type of other ailments. I believe we might even find out at some point that the the seeds of dementia or the seeds of um, Alzheimer's could be triggered from this type of telepathic connection that the mind and the body are having trouble with. So the body warrants the shutdown of aspects of the brain to protect the integrity of the being. Um, Also non-physical communication. And that would be a body language, facial interpretation through structure. We've all heard the example where Oprah showed pictures of uh, people to babies and they loved Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and people that had this this interesting facial uh, structure, which stood out to them. And then when they showed them people that were actually legitimately scary, they were scared. And these were babies. Um, uh, C is the main sensory perceptions triggered by stored key notes of information to guide oneself during the day-to-day. Um, a stored sensory perception or, or a trigger, um, for instance, could be that we catalog, you know, like, like if I said right now, you know, close your eyes and think about the smell of oranges and how oranges smell, or think about the taste of chocolate or milk chocolate versus dark chocolate. And, you know, is which one is sweeter, which is tangier, which has more of a dry feel. Um, This is why even like wine tasting, right? Wine tasting is a sense of a non-physical communication with all parts of yourself. Um, the other one that's really cool is projection of intention and feeling through innuendos. Um, it's a language, a language of innuendos is actually something that's quite funny. It's like even like used for satire. It's also people do this when they have like a dry sense of humor. Um, an innuendo is that you're projecting a, a intention or a, a um, kind of a perception through a vehicle that has nothing to do with it, or it has something to do with it on a, on a much smaller scale. It could be like a sleight of hand, a way of, uh, like when a, a woman moves her hair out of her face and she's sending a signal that says, hey, 
I'm interested. Or when you know you make eye contact and then it it's longer than like the the typical one to two seconds, and then you feel like, wait, okay, so that's something. So uh, these are all really basic things about telepathy that exist that we are part of every day. And I don't really, we don't really ever understand this, but I mean, these are some basics to, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to establish this idea that the more um, we know about how we're interacting, uh, the less of a fantasy it is, the less fiction it is. So we're going into nonfiction territory when it comes to telepathy, and we're tying little tiny pieces of it together. We're bringing in the smaller pieces of the puzzle, and we're building our idea of telepathy so that we're not going to allow this mainstream image of this Marvel comic book idea to uh, steer us away, to make us feel foolish, or to actually steer us into something and to miss how we're manipulated through many of these forms in our day-to-day life, such as mentalism, like some of the hermetic philosophies. Uh, and then I put, is, is um, that should be with a Y, um, but I, I put, is uh, telepathy allowed or controlled? Um, so the myth has survived from indigenous man into modern day, yet science struggles to correlate examples. And why is that? Why is it hard for science to find an example that telepathy actually really does work when we even did a blind experiment and saw that an electron actually responded based on its stimulus, its observation? And I said, are we searching in the wrong section of our energetic gifts? The power of love would suggest a state of receptivity is the end-all be-all for a God-centric style of enlightenment. We get sidetracked due to the idea that this is a controlled level of communication, much like a superpower we would see on screen. Um, telepathy itself can be built or broken down into direct communica- communication, example, mind control, or transmitting information from one mind to another. Uh, you're transmitting information to me. You're good. You're good. All it's good. You're good. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, bub. <laughs> He's transmitting information to me right now. Bodie, no. Settle down, bub. Settle down. Hang on one second. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> I have to. If, if anybody wants to remind me not to keep, I have to edit that out. But um, so telepathy itself can be built or broken down into direct communication, i.e., mind control or transmitting information from one mind to another, and uh, telepathic perception, which occurs as one evolves into a multi dimensional being. So I wanted to, to kind of touch on this as well. Um, making making sense of mind control. And this also helps so we can recognize things. And we know that there are forms out there that science actually has touched on that countries and agencies have invested in and have done so for quite some time. Um, MKUltra uh, and or other groups that utilize subconscious cues and paths to direct the mind of another, aka your typical Dr. Evil mind control. 
um, triggers or anchors um, that are engineered to activate said individual or group to assess and take advantage or influence at deeper levels of body-mind interaction. So this would be per perhaps like you've heard of a Manchurian candidate. Um, where you can place um, instrumental in, um, anchors in different levels of the environment, such as cues from music, lights, um, other like um, visuals, uh, a particular person, a color, and it will trigger an embedded image or an embedded order that has been programmed into the person. This actually does exist. These programs exist 100%. Um, there's a lot of documentation on them and, uh, even such as remote viewing would fall kind of in the same protocol that these people have been utilizing things for that. Um, hypnosis is another, uh, sense of mind control. Um, it is not malicious if used properly, but hypnosis is also something that has been used improperly. So it kind of rides the fence, subliminal programming. We've all um, probably heard of. Um, back masking, you know, music or where they play things in the backfield or where there'll be a track of something that's so subtle you can't hear it, but the mind can't pick it up. This is a form of, um, Bodhi, no, this is a form of, um, interaction that is purposed. It has a purpose. It is done uh, by a group or a person. Uh, sometimes it's created for a positive as well. You can use subliminal tracks. I've created some myself for people to help get past different um, obstacles such as smoking or things like that. Um, then we have advertising and marketing. Freud and his cousin had a lot to do with this. Um, this is why when we walk down an aisle, we're drawn to the pretty colors on the boxes and they've been able to orchestrate uh, distractionary techniques to keep us circling around a, sh a shopping store or a mall and spending money on things that are actually detrimental to our health and well-being and our financial well-being. Um, also, it's the same thing. That's why we crave products. That's why we watch commercials. Commercials are actually um, subliminal and... Um, literally um, very, uh, very um, obviously controlled mind control. Um, funneling senses through channels that steer instinctual responses into the, uh, in the limbic system. Um, you can do this um, even at suggestions like pheromones, right? Um, a woman could wear a particular perfume that triggers a man, right? This is sending a subconscious signal and innuendo. This is a sense of you're controlling the aspect of their mind that controls their subconscious state. Um, it's like the, for instance, like um, I know there was a, a office I worked at, they had a weight loss clinic next door to a pizza parlor. So you would literally smell pizza in the weight loss clinic. So it continued, people had to keep coming to the weight loss clinic because they would go home and order a pizza. <laughs> so they would feel guilty and come back. So kind of a, a, an interesting snafu, but it ended up being a big success for them. Um, pirating the environment to awakening retroactively placed suggestions. Um, this is also yet again where um, I've seen Darren Brown do this. Uh, he, you can look him up on um, YouTube. He's a mentalist. Uh, it's kind of a form of a mindscape magician. He would 
have different cues placed in a walk that somebody might take from point A to point B. And by the time they get to point B, they've encountered three to four different subliminal suggestion markers, um, such as a song at the coffee shop. And so when they actually are asked and cued at the final destination, hey, come up and sing a song for us, they would pick the song they heard at the coffee shop and go with the same other things that they'd saw along the way, because these were embedded, because they were obvious, but not obvious. Um, also, EMDR, which is another health aspect, which helps p- uh, post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome. Uh, this is a form of um, bilateral communication uh, using hemispheric technologies, whether it's with music, tapping, talking, or um, electro uh, stimulation. Um, I wrote here, mind control holds value on either side of the coin. Uh, we actually engage in this practice on a personal basis every day and never really register it as telepathic suggestion or collaboration with stimulus that may or may not be of our own making. Uh, this is a social method in which society forms laws, rules based on blame and shame to coordinate a desired response, even if it is unknown to the participant. So law uses a, a, a fear tactic, right? An intimidation tactic, which is mind control. Mind control is an, an, an aversion. It is a malicious form of telepathy. Um, I put here as well. So telepathic per- perception and cognition through conscious awakening. Now, this would be a um, natural um, um, escalation into tele- tele- uh, telepathic um, insight powers and, and exercise. This is what many of us are experiencing right now. Um, Bodhi, no. Many of us are experiencing... This type of situation, um, as we learn um, to live in a world that we no longer feel completely part of, it triggers other levels of our perception. Um, We would call it awakening, but it's also called hyper-awareness. And this is something that is very powerful. It's also very um, solemn. If I was going to do a tarot card pull on it, I would think about the hermit because it would be a stage of, of pulling away and purification and finding your own power and, and starting to, to alter your perception so that you can empower yourself with um, balance and fairness and removing shame and blame. So shame and blame are actually tools of mind control, whether they are utilized overtly by a government or um, some kind of media or some kind of malicious group or just your mom and dad, right? Same thing. So I put, so the difference between mind control and telepathic perception mostly depends on the person behind the wheel and the intention of the action. Uh, True telepathy is not about influence or control, but perception and allowance. Hence, you hear the term letting go and let God or being in a state of allowing. Uh, The true energetic flow state is not assumption or navigation and navigating an outcome, It's about embracing and accepting. Um, Yes, destructive change and chaos theories are signposts of the hand of an imagery of an imaginary God engaging us to a divine goal that seemingly goes against someone's will. But the truth through energetic recognition jumps into a more um, purist concept that all things work together for good, which is kind of a colloquialism that we all have heard before as well. Um, And it's quite a stretch of the mind that has been controlled in its entirety. So anyone that's actually controlled as this Um, kind of unawakened, unconscious concept that we might um, identify outside of what we understand 
we might say, oh, their ignorance is bliss, or they're, they're, they're unplugged, or they're not really conscious. Um, they are, but what, what's happening is, is that there's a, it'd be, it'd be like throwing blankets on top of them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, junk. There's a lot of weight that's, that's clouding their, their honest perception of their life. I also put, this is a recognition of reality as an expansive mindscape empowered by soul and qualifying contracts um, or agreements to engage on many levels to experience grace and growth unhindered by only a physical catalog of one's life. Um, life or energy takes on a, a more of a legacy mindset, uh, leaving tracers and seeds for up upcoming incarnations. Hence, like uh, when you leave a legacy, um, leaving a legacy to the controlled mind um, that's controlled by others or environmental standards that are set by people through shame and blame or fear, um, the legacy will be dictated in the benefit of their, their, their um, whatever it is that they are, are, are benefiting from. When you're in an awakened state, your legacy is now being left. Like I said before, um, right now in the Aquarian age, as we start out, we're seed planters, we're sowers. We may not see in this lifetime all the sowing and all the seeds coming to harvest that we're planting. And that's quite all right because we understand things from a different perspective. We're living in a state of allowance. We're living in a state of awakened reality. So we do know that many of the things that we will go through, many of the gifts that we will give, um, the, these are for our um, other incarnations and other aspects or fractals of ourself. Um, here's a key thing that I wanted to cover too. Um, I said energy vamps, or which is vampires. Energy vamps are on a low-level physical plane that can only affect direct outcome to an ungrounded, suggestible being that is unaware. Um, and, and the reason why I know that's a little bit of a controversial statement, but awakened or awakening beings follow a path that replenishes from the ether itself, hence the perception uh, being either a placebo or a superpower. So, if you are, a, are awakening and you are aware and you are utilizing telepathy through perception and through awareness, an energy vampire doesn't exist in the realm that you exist in. Um, it's only when you uh, engage at a lower construct that that energy will be able to drain you. But as long as you step back and you understand and you move away from this kind of unawareness and you put yourself back into that path that you understand that you're, you can be re you're replenished from right or wrong or good or bad. There's nothing that grounds you in the spirit world more than balance and just allowing. Because it's like, let's say you, you, you got in a car accident, it was your fault, and you felt bad, and, and everything settled out. Um, there's no reason to carry the guilt of that or the shame of that. Because you honored it, you spoke truth, you stood your ground, you, you stood in the gap and you assisted people. You didn't approach it from a place where you were trying to um, uh, experience thievery or trying to do something malicious. As long as you're moving in that state of mind, um, everything that every action that comes out of an action will always find its highest alignment. And that's when I think we all get kind of confused, right? Because we like, it's like, how could the war in the Ukraine find a that's highest alignment? Well, it may not for people that are engaged at a low level, like that energy vampire status. But for those of us that are engaged at a different level, we're able to have that praise, all things work together for God. 
Um, I put direct awakening, uh, direct awakening affects telepathic power. How does it do that? Number one, um, natural and organic connections with time and space. Um, this is when we experience like that overwhelming level of symmetry where everything is just balanced and you feel very much into yourself. You feel very in tune with your environment. You feel very uh, connected to people. And then uh, synchronicities, obviously, that's another form of natural organic connections to time and space where this is an aspect of um, um, experiencing telepathy on a tiny scale in that part of that perception that is awakening. Deja vu, same thing. Now, you can experience deja vu at any level of your development. However, the higher uh, that you go in your awareness and your allowance and your ability to perceive things working together for good, deja vu now takes on a different context. It's not, a, it's not something negative. It's always something positive. And I picked out of the, out of the variations of love, obviously there's Eros and all these others, but the one that truly um, fits with this is um, agape love because agape love is a very um, based, it's very based in telepathy. Um, agape is about uh, giving and being in a state of giving um, Giving actually even reply, uh, 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 applies to receiving because when you're receiving something, you're giving gratitude to someone. So you're never not in a state of giving, even when you're receiving. And this is agape. This is when you actually, you're able to, to express love in a pure fashion without feeling pressed or suppressed. And that is when your truth is no longer a belief system, but it's more of a balanced system. Because a lot of times we tend to go to a belief system because we're still trying to convince ourselves of what what's real and what's not real. Um, also, release of negative talk or ties, i.e. internet trolls that are kind of paid mind controllers, right? So, um, we, as we start to awaken to the telepathic perception, um, we will release negative talk and ties um, much more frequently, much more often. And if we catch ourselves falling into that, we'll steer away from it because we know that Nothing in the world actually is negative. Um, it's the knowledge of it that is used in a negative or a positive light. Um, and, and again, this goes into the fact where people can say, oh, well, you're saying there's no good or evil. And I'm actually saying that evil and good only exist because our perception is, is actually focused on that, creating the outcome based on the intention. If we're able to actually honor our own self, then somebody can be as evil as they want to be, and it, it doesn't directly affect your soul or your status of, of, of reception or your status of, of observation. I mean, sure, could they destroy your physical body? Yes, they can do that. But even with that fact, this is the example we saw in the parable or story or reality of Jesus on the cross when um, he had two convicts beside him. And one said, I, I, I take me with you, please. And he said, you'll be at the, you'll be uh, seated at, uh, at the, my father's table, or you'll be at the right hand with me. Um, so he was basically that forgiveness is the, uh, uh, is the awareness of allowance, knowing that no matter what, where you are as a soul is superior to any process that occurs on the planet, planet that could be good or bad or right or wrong. Um, uh, I put an alteration of core group, aka friend circle and purification process. That's one of the things you're going to notice when you directly go into an awakening status of, of your intention and perception through tele telepathy. Um, prayers becoming open-ended and goals being less restrained, um, where you start to live a little bit more unlimited life. 
no need for closure due to your deep connections with the higher realms. You realize that closure actually is uh, no longer necessary um, because to close a door means that you've stopped. You're no longer in the flow. To turn and to close a door, so there's never there's never a need to close a door. Um, you just continually are perpetually continuing in the flow. You're just moving towards the center. You're moving towards balance. And um, to take time to uh, search or to seek closure that's not organic and it's not given right away, um, you don't have to have that to feel good. You can release that. Um, karma, and I've also put, this is uh, an interesting one too. Karma is not a weapon used or experienced. Um, uh, karma um, is still a telepathic connection, but it's not weaponized. Um, it's not like people will pray for bad things to happen to people, or they'll pray for good things to happen to people. They're praying for an outcome based on their th what they design or desire for others. Um, that's very similar to karma. Karma, when we think, oh, karma's a bitch, actually, karma is not. Um, we are trying to identify karma as a bitch because we want it to behave as we see fit. So we're actually trying to indulge ourselves in designing an outcome for somebody where we didn't get closure and we felt slighted. But the idea is, is that now we have this gift of perception and this telepathic connection, we have to go bigger. We have to start challenging ourselves. Um, also, I put illusions are replaced with ideas that no longer require excess energy to focus or to focus on or to maintain. You will find as I have in, in my uh, um, kind of path, that um, I would utilize law of attraction with other things to create these illusions, um, believing like fake it till you make it or whatever it is. But it would it would take so much energy. It would take so much focus. And I would repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, not believing or not seeing my, my strength, my, my connection to God's source. You say it and let it be so. And it will come to you. It's like you don't plant the same seed 10 times to get one plant. You plant the seed, you cover it up, you water it, you foster it, but it's unseen to you until it sprouts up. When it's, when it's present, you will see it pop through the ground. So we have to learn to approach these things from the same way. And then you can, you can communicate indirectly to your planted seed through telepathic um, stimulation and grace and gratitude. Thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate the, the success that you're going to give me in this life. So generalized versions of gratitude actually engage um, all factors of planted seeds or long-term goals. And that's why gratitude is such an important part of telepathy as well. Um, observation is your greatest tool for awareness. Also, observation is your greatest tool for engagement and for telepathy and the perception of telepathy. Um, I want to go into this part too, and then let me see where we're at. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll go in like one more page and then we'll stop and we're going to take a break. Um, so Everything that keeps you in a state of worry or continual confusion is mind control, either from a direct source or indirect source. So whenever you feel confused, um, generally uh, it's because your discernment is dialed down and there's a system present, um, be it subconscious, be it direct or indirect or a conditioning from a parent or whatever it is. There's somebody else um, somehow has implanted within you um, some type of suggestion that is that is throwing you off from being able to hear your discerning factors. So this is this is where confusion comes from. It comes from one of these variations of mind control, and there's so many, but I just threw a few out there. But they are very they're 
They're prevalent in almost every aspect of what we do, even school, even learning the ABCs, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's mind control. That's a, that's a cadence that's, that occurs so you can remember something because you're trying to control, you're, you're, you're taking um, something, you're, 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 you're embedding it to a system so that you can graft it into a neural pathway to keep it to keep this connection to it. And you're using a tool to stimulate it. That's the control of the mind. I put your natural state is not to be, um, so your natural state is not to be constantly engaged in stress. We, I think we know that that's why we shake it off. Right. Um, uh, therefore releasing stress is a key to enhancing your greatest gift to telepathy that arises from perception. Mind control, uh, does not have direct access to the pineal gland and actually thrives on calcified connections uh, a connection point to confuse you and to anchor you into a concrete reality based on outside worlds only. Uh, to begin, we start with the energy recognition and ways to clear the actual physical portal to the organ of perception, which is the pineal gland or the third eye. Now, this is really important because I want to talk about this as because this is the the access point for your your telepathy. Um, the third eye is actually an additional eye that is constructed to offer you insight beyond your general senses. As we clear this energy center, we will see, and uh, we will see. And this line of sight allows us to recognize our real surroundings and family. Uh, take note that the fire of a feeling in any sense will go out if the fuel is no longer supplied. So, before you allow the bridge to be burned, let us examine and perceive the truth of any situation or the situation. Uh, the more we bilocate uh, via hindsight as a practice of upcoming engagements, we are also able to apply this retroactively, thereby clearing and molding a new response system. So, I like to break that down and to think of it like this. So, hindsight is 2020. We've heard that statement before. Hindsight is also a key to healing. So, <clears throat> Hindsight is, is, is a perception of reflection from right now with an open mind, understanding that whatever you're reflecting on has no bearing or control over how you respond right now. So you can send and place and plant seeds back into a position or to a, an occurrence that occurred. Like, let's imagine, let's say like somebody got punched and bullied when they were 11 years old. So you could sit here and create a visualization to send love and strength and light and to plant a seed of courage um, back with that 11-year-old self. And like any seed, you're planting it to sprout sometime in the future. So this seed, and then you water it, and then you, you walk with that seed. So then you go to a place like, well, I started getting more pronounced and, and, and more uh, efficient at protecting myself at 15. And I so, so at 15, I know that seed that I planted at, at 11 started to foster. So I'm, I'm visualizing the growth and the, the, this um, perpetual movement of the seed that I planted through the course of my life. And then I'm engaging it into the future. So I'm allowing hindsight to become a healing tactic. And this is also a form of telepathy because I'm talking to those aspects of myself. I'm healing them from here. Um, that's something that we'll go into more and break that down, but this is kind of just the general overview of how these things kind of work and how we can create these kind of response systems. Um, I said, we can do this by creating energy balls to send back to events and plant seeds of awareness to alter future outcomes that may, that, that may encounter events of the past, thereby increasing learned behavior in a more balanced and controlled environment and releasing 
um, unusable information that could trigger lower level responses that are not appropriate to the situation. For example, a response to your partner not taking the trash out generates a fight or flight response rather than a rational telepathic opportunity to learn alongside the events unfolding. So you are actually traveling back in time to something that triggers you. So by healing that, once we realize that and we have that and we understand and we can kind of biolocate back to the event that originally started it, but from this place and say, this is where we witnessed this event take place now and we've honored that event in the past. So I need to send healing here, focus on healing this situation, but also sending healing energy back to the past by creating like an energy ball. Um, This is where we can also create safe space or a place that is quickly accessed via imagination, aka the third eye, to alleviate previous triggers, even if you may fall prey to an overactive response. So being reactionary really is also um, a form of um, subliminal sabotage. Um, and many times we overreact because we, we feel vulnerable. We feel um, that something's going on. We need, we need to, to stimulate a response to scare away or to, to um, sedate ourselves and to pull back. Um, I also put here visualization and generating a relationship to healing. What are the benefits of visualization and ge- generating this relationship towards healing and utilizing telepathy? The benefits are um, stimulation, energy replacement, energy direction, stress reduction. Uh, it's used as a creative tool expanding points of view and physical healing. And that all those things are aspects of sending energy balls or energy influence, gratitude, uh, dropping gratitude bombs back into the past and altering the perception of our reality right now based on if we sent that healing back and, and saying, well, I don't have to respond that way because I sent healing back to that little self. Um, and then I'm going to go into this a little bit, ways to visualize, uh, just like a bar graph or a pie chart provided... Um, provide uh, enhanced context to a topic to lay down new neural pathways, so do we engage the brain with visuals, right? So just like you would, if you're like at a board meeting and they like pop out a pie chart, what's this? This is actually stimulating. Um, it's like, it's like uh, reading out loud, right? It's stimulating multiple neural um, input sectors of the brain. So not only are you creating a bigger, better brain, you're dropping uh, different connectors and anchors to this information so that it can be accessed easily. But it also it gives you a cognitive, um, expansive kind of uh, mind's eye on something. And then I put, so um, with that, right? So um, outcome visualization, it sets a future endpoint to provide context or goals. A vision board is similar, but engage multiple streams or pathways to create a relationship with the choice or will to compete uh, at complete at an endpoint. Now, this is something I used in dental school where I was um, trying to learn all the bones and muscles in the body and all the nerves in the body. What I would do is I would ride an exercise bike, create flashcards because I'm dyslexic, so I had to have something. And I would read the flashcards out loud, flip them over and read it while I rode the exercise bike. Sounded stupid, but because I was accessing different avenues of input into the brain, the physical riding of the bike, the reading of the card, and then the in, uh, overlay of speaking it out loud, then flipping it over, and then guessing it, what I had done is I created a format where four pathways were created for one piece of information. Now, this is very relevant when you're creating gratitude and healing. 
or when you're building a basis for happiness. Um, so, and then I put down here too, the process of visualization. Uh, this is to embody the path in a day-to-day -day way to use presence and the present moment as your context or changing point. It's adopting routines and rituals to retain areas of the being that could be uh, experiencing trauma and are not yet actively engaging in reality creation. So some tools for this visualization would be pictures, cue cards or cue words, um, audible um, things like speaking it out loud, listening to something, uh, listening to it as you read along. Um, video can be utilized. Um, that's a different um, target point. And guided methods. Um, whether it's you're reading out loud to a friend or whether someone's reading out loud to you or someone's taking you on a guided meditation or guided study when somebody's asking you questions and you're responding, you'll, you'll learn things from a different perspective. So for instance, um, picture and describe. So what we would do is details build neural pathways and create deeper connection with your brain. Um, invested energy always creates an outcome in an area that alters perception, i.e. brain, body, and mind. So emotional intensity is another tactic that it also helps you to create these neural pathways. Um, emotions always precede thought to escalate or de-escalate intensity. Feeling, aka emotional connection, creates a belief, not always truth, but always an active association to some outcome. This is why movies or books move us, yet due to our, our ability to distinguish reality from fiction, we can resist the information creating lasting trauma. This can also be applied to the context of our personal experiences, for instance, using hindsight to heal. Um, add emotion to enhance the visualization process or to affect your, your present state. So emotion actually is something that can be engaged like happiness. Um, exposure. Experiences enhance our connection with creating the world around us. Allow alternative pathways of experience to broaden your creative connection to the goal or desire you are trying to design. Hence, there's no bad experience, just the perception of experience as bad. Um, everything is ultimately a lesson or a line of creation that crosses our path. Boundaries. Um, learn to create parameters. Repeat visualizations over time to add more and more detail to the experience. Practice creating a self-portal to an event in your past as a place to assist your healing via hindsight. Uh, choice is the most powerful aspect of our boundaries. Um, other examples of visualization would be mirror work, gratitude journaling, goal setting, meditation, mental contrasting, which is visualize the outcome, tighten up the topics or goals, foresee obstacles and process variables and obstacles, create motivation spaces or cues to add consistency, and then celebrate the success as if it were here. So we're almost done. Um, all these methods are ways to begin to incorporate perception and energy shifting so that telepathy is no longer a passive or reactive aspect of your subconscious. These simple methods begin to engage areas of the brain to build the neural networks that relay the signals necessary to listen without words and to see without eyes and to feel without expectation. Also, confidence helps to lay the groundwork for decision-making to become less codependent on others. This is where you can use the if-then technique um, go to the goal and foresee what you what would be in your way, then come up with the ways to maneuver around it. Solution-based assessments to employ a side of you that appeals to the rational repetition of behavior associated with true awareness. An example of this would be, I enjoy meditation and I will meditate more. When I meditate, I often get distracted by my surroundings and I will find, so I, what will I do? I will find a quiet space and minimize my distractions first. You realize obstacles are exercises in your ability to use awareness and perception to move through it even before it happens. 
creating a new neural pathway that is autonomously that autonomously responds when needed. Um, kind of like the um, reflexes in a, in a boxer, right? So you, they throw in a thousand punches. When that person comes in, they throw the punch automatically. Um, also, remember your dreams and goals are within the context of reality you have access to. So start small and create within the environment at hand to build a baseline, much like happiness that can be built. Now, the reason why I went into this um, in the context of telepathy is because all of these are um, forging think of it, we started out with raw data, raw data, or we start out with raw minerals and we're creating a metal. We're refining things because to understand the interworkings of the brain and other aspects of awareness, that actually is the base root of telepathy because too often it's like we want to run before we can walk or we want to drive a car before we learn how to ride a bike. So there's, there's steps to building success within a system of awareness. And, you know, and I think part of that is to, to kind of pace us into this, but also to, to give us recognition and to realize that we're doing a lot of these things already and that we can actually open up um, kind of the proverbial Pandora's box without fear. And we can start to look at these things and realize that that's why these programs like MK Ultra and other um, mentoring candidate candidates uh, were all successful in the dark realms because they use, they started from basic principles, right? Like you don't start teaching your child physics. You start teaching them like animals and birds and sounds and words. You teach them mama and daddy before you teach them like Albert Einstein. So, you know, it's, they're not going to learn to play the trumpet at, at a year old. They're going to learn to play with blocks and coloring, but you're creating, um, uh, um, you're tapping into the limbic system. You're ta tapping into this autonomous response system, which is mind control. So we're actually incorporating the idea of mind control, which has been kind of abused within our lives. And we're adding a, an element that is within our control and in within our perception so that we can use it as an advantage so that we can actually begin to accelerate our healing and realize that all of these tactics were fear-based, shame-based, and blame-based. And that's why they were so, the, the context of them was so difficult um, to, to, to stomach and they were so, so um, harsh on uh, many of us. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. And then this is, I know this is a lot of information to go over. Um, if anybody has any questions, we're going to go back to the live view now and we're going to start talking about all this stuff. This episode of In Deep Shift has ended, but be sure to subscribe for future conversations on topics that tie spirituality with practicality, a common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity. Don't forget to like and subscribe down below.